When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex podcast. After a couple week break, we are back here, Drew with Josh and Connor catching you up on week seven, I think, of MLS action. Um, A lot happened. A lot of craziness has been happening. It might be week seven. I lost count after like four um, but soccer did happen. So MLS is in full swing. We had a lot of games over the weekend um, after international break and stuff like that. MLS is fully back. Super excited to talk about another crazy week in MLS, CCL, and everything in between. But it has been a while since we have spoken last. Connor, are you done with school? Getting close? You are done with school. Heck yeah. When did you finish and how has life been post-school? Yeah, uh, final class was Thursday. We're recording this on Easter Monday. Um, so it's very new and very fresh. Um, but yeah, it was sort of, we didn't record the last sort of couple of weeks because A, busy with school. Uh, B, Drew started the new job with the independence. So he's been insanely busy. And Josh is just always busy. So we took a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, just vibing. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't have much to report. It's, I'm boring. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. But yeah, Raptors didn't get to watch a game because I was at the TFC game. Uh, they're doing well. Austin Matthews is the GOAT. Uh, 50 goals in 50 games. He's absurd. Uh, and yeah, actually 51 goals in 50 games. I should correct myself. But yeah, I, I don't got much going on. Josh, what about you? You're, you were complaining you were tired and very busy. So I assume you have more going on than I do. Yep. 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 Super, super busy. Um, I went to Florida last weekend, uh, a couple of days after we recorded our last episode. I think we only ended up taking one week off. Did we not? Did we record before the Atlanta Charlotte game? I felt like we did, but maybe I can't. Maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. Um, yeah, so I was out of town last weekend uh, and then work every single day. Um, in addition to work, I'm also 
performing in a musical uh, in, in the pit orchestra. So just having my first rehearsal for that on Saturday. I have another one tonight after we finish recording. I've got like a couple hours of free time and then I've got to go um, bang some drive over for that. And then Wednesday, so we're recording this on Monday. On Wednesday, I head out of town. I go up to Ohio for the Winter Garden International World Championships. So one of the groups that I teach, um, they participate in this circuit of performing groups of drum lines, basically indoor drum lines. And the World Championships are held at the UD Arena. Go Flyers. So I'll be up there from Wednesday to Sunday. So that's going to be a long, long trip. And then I come back and then I have rehearsals and shows every single night from Monday to Sunday for that musical, including a double performance on that Saturday. So I am so excited for May 1st because that's when my schedule like really slows down and I can get some of my time back, um, which is really unfortunate because when I'm not working or rehearsing or whatever, uh, I've been able to do some sort of fun things. This past week, I was responsible. I was an adult. For example, I cleaned out my trunk for the first time in four years. Uh, there were still contents. It's it's bad. It was bad. There were still locker contents from college in there, uh, including a bunch of things that I didn't realize were just in the trunk of my car. That is, uh, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Thankfully, like the the dirtiest part of it was just like grass from soccer, which I'm used to. Um, so that. Yeah, and I, it was a pain to vacuum out. Mike, um, the Camry carpet, really good at, at keeping grass stuck to it. Just for the record, <laughs> um, so I was like, "Don't tell you in the brochures." Exactly. Yeah, I did not see that in the manual. Um, but yeah, this past week I was like super responsible. I took care of like a bunch of small errand things, but that took up all my free time. But when I could squeeze in some free time. Um, I've been keeping up with Atlanta, which is in its uh, third season. I talked about that a few weeks ago, but fantastic. Five episodes into that season. Really, really good. Been keeping up with the Lakers show on HBO Max winning time. Um, I haven't seen the episode from last night. I'll probably watch that while I eat before I head off to rehearsal today. Um, Moon Knight is still going on the Disney plus Marvel show, uh, which the new Thor trailer dropped today, which was really exciting because nobody's seen anything about that until today uh that looks like it's going to be really really weird and fun as hell um and then i also got the new lego star wars video game and i've been trying to play that that's what i was playing for 15 minutes before so i real quick about this game right growing up probably my two favorite video games were lego star wars and star wars battlefront the, the ogs not the crap that ea put out in the last few years for xbox one uh, I just, I grew up on those games. Me and my brothers played them all the time. Me and my friends played them all the time. But when I saw that they were coming out with this new Lego Star Wars and it was going to be all nine movies or whatever, like I wasn't that interested. I don't like the new, the newest three movies. So I wasn't looking to buy it. But then the day that it came out, which I think was two weeks ago from tomorrow, uh, I saw some gameplay footage and I was like, wait a second, this looks kind of cool. I was like, you know what? I haven't, I have literally not bought anything for myself in months i have not treated myself in months so i bought this video game and it is so cool it honestly it feels like lego star wars and star wars battlefront combined like all the combat um 
is is so different now and the me- mechanics for everything is is really much more in depth really cool there's like a lot more open world to it which i did not know was going to be part of the game so i've been having fun playing that i've only played like a couple hours though which is really sad so again may 1st as soon as may 1st gets here i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna play some video games and just enjoy my life it'll be worth it but it's been it's been a lot drew you've got a window we didn't know you had a window until now apparently because there's some great natural light going on you've got a setup you got your scarves hanging in the back you look a little more settled in how is charlotte treating you and how are things with the independence Yes. Yeah. I've been here for about a month now. Um, in the middle of that month, I decided I probably should get a desk chair. So I did that, which has been very nice. What were you using before that then? I was sitting on my couch and using this uh, table I bought from Walmart. That was like a $5 like eating table, like a mobile oh, like eating a TV table. dinner. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well, there we go. But then I got a desk chair the other day. Um, so finally getting settled in it's nice because when i do work from home i actually get stuff done now because i'm not like laying on my couch in the weirdest position i'm sitting at a desk um so that's been really good things with the independents are going well they just won their first game of the season uh 2-1 beat northern colorado hailstorm uh just came out um our forward one player of the week so that has been an exciting time i'm off today thankfully with a game on saturday they gave us monday off so I've just been hanging out and getting some things clean. I was going to go play golf today, but it's raining and cold here. So that did not happen. But one day I finally get to the course. There's like a small par three, nine hole course, like 10 minutes away. And it's awesome because I'm not good at golf. So I'm like, I don't know if I'll play 18 today, but the par three, nine hole is the perfect, like, just learn, have fun, play. I play by myself. It's so relaxing and cool. Um, so I've been doing that a lot. You, you're uh, lying. You're lying. Relaxing and cool. No, 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 no. Because when you don't play well, golf is the most infuriating thing ever. It's usually the good thing about playing 18 is that the first nine, if you do really bad, it's like, I'm mad, but we still have the back nine. And then usually the back nine goes just as bad, if not worse. Um, but the thing with the nine hole is like, you go through the first four holes and you're mad and you're like, well, I'm already halfway done. So it's the, the day is ruined. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that, been watching The Last Kingdom on Netflix has been good, reading Lord of the Rings, getting ready for that show. Um, Hawks, good, I guess, before we talked about last night or two nights ago, I guess, but also wasn't really expecting to win that game in Miami. Um, baseball is back. It's really hard to take anything away from the Braves right now because it's April and we have a long way to go um falcons haven't done anything stupid that i can think of so that's really good and i think that's all the other sports yeah i think that's all i got for atlanta sports unless i'm missing anything that just reminds me that it actually just now occurred to me in the span of about what was what was saturday the 16th in the span of nine days 10 days maybe i went to a hawks game a braves game and an atlanta united game Hawks won, Braves got destroyed, but I got that replica ring. Oh, is that game nice? How is that? Is it cool? He's going to get it. He's in this really nice light jog. Wow, he has left the room. He's back, folks. Not that you get to see this ring, but we get to see it. Wow. It's got a, it's got a, it's so shiny that it won't even, that's better. Oh, there it is. 
My favorite part is it's got the pearl on the side. I don't know. It's you can't really that's see. crazy. Those are such nice. Kind of hard to see. And then this guy that says Braves on the it is and it feels like pretty heavy. Is it plastic wow. or metal? No, it's metal. Wow. I think they're doing it's, another it's giveaway. They are. They got two more. So Drew Connor. If you're Make the flight down. Come down. Come down to a break. If they're game. playing the Blue Jays during one of those you know, giveaways. The craziest thing about this is they made 40,000 of them, right? Uh, and this was for a Monday game, which, you know, is never going to have the most attendance, especially like while school is still in session and stuff. And uh, I kept arguing with my friend, the friend who invited me to the game. And I was like, why didn't they make the extra 2000 so that everybody in attendance could get one? And he's like, nah, it's not going to sell out. Like they're just trying to get people to go to the game. It's like, I don't know, man, come, come to find out it was the highest attended regular season game in Braves history at the new park. And uh, that means about 2000 people didn't get one of these rings. And there were a couple of people outside after like 50 bucks for a ring, you know, like wanting to buy one of these. So yeah, hopefully they can get out to the next one, but it's honestly, it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm just glad I was able to go and get one. That's sick. Uh, quickly, though, we may not record, uh, depending on Josh's schedule, until May 1st, um, because he may be swamped. So keep that in mind. Uh, that'd be like, what, two weeks, maybe? Might just it sounds a lot further away than it really is. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's the day when Nashville's new me, stadium opens. Yeah, it's like pretty close. So two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, so potentially just make a week off and then we'll be back. But yeah, keep that in mind. Um, mind you, no one listens to this thing anyway, so people probably won't miss it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Nothing else to add. Jays are good. Uh, that's fun to watch, but they're very injured, which sucks already. Let's talk about some MLS because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, we will start with... Let's start with Seattle punching their ticket to the CCL final. First leg is the 27th, which is next week uh, in Mexico against Pumas. Do we think they get it done? They beat NYCFC. They didn't have a very good game on the weekend, which we'll quickly mention later in the show. Do we see an MLS team? finally lift CCL? I'm not going to get... See, there's... I keep going back and forth on this because as much as I would have loved to see Atlanta United be the first team to do it, and I'm sure you could probably... I know you can definitely say the same about Toronto considering how close they got, but it would just feel right if Seattle was the first team to do it given their just dominance and leading the league for so many years now. So that side of me thinks... This is the perfect time for Seattle to do it, but that's usually where MLS gets in trouble. So I think they're not going to do it. I think some student, what if, I think they'll lose in penalty kicks. Something dumb's going to happen, but I don't think MLS gets it done this year. I'm setting my expectations very low because I got really excited there when I was thinking it was an all MLS semifinal. And then my expectations were broken because the revolution blew a lead and I forgot what Montreal just got beat. So I don't think they get it done this year, but it was another, it was a fun year. It was a fun attempt. Good shot guys, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Drew kind of stole what I was going to say to an extent. So here's my issue with this. Like, I do think 
Seattle should win because it's, you know, it's Pumas. It's not Club America or Cruz Azul or uh, Monterey, you know, any of these giant teams that always crush MLS opponents. But, like, I don't understand the media right now all saying Seattle should win. I don't know why they're putting that expectation out there. There's a reason Pumas is in the final. It's not like they, you know, don't deserve to be there. Just because they're not as scary as some of the other League MX teams that MLS teams usually encounter in CCL doesn't mean they're not, like, good or are going to – so. That, that kind of freaks me out. It kind of annoys me that people are doing it. Now, Seattle is really good, and the way they've handled themselves in CCL, I think it, they are definitely inspiring a lot of confidence that they can be the first MLS team to get it done. I think they will find a way, and them having the return leg at home is huge. And you know they're going to have a lot of fans show up for that. Their attendances haven't been great because it's always midweek, but because it's the CCL final, I have a feeling – we'll probably get about 40,000 in attendance, which would be great to see. But again, that's, that's an advantage obviously for Seattle. And I think it will help them a lot. Uh, side note. I don't know if, I don't think we ended up mentioning it, but remember Pumas is the team that came back against New England, right? They're the ones who, who did that thing. Um, one of the goal scorers for Pumas is an American international, uh, Sebastian Saucedo. He used to play for RSL and he left and joined Pumas I, I just can feel already that the reason Seattle loses is because Sebastian Saucedo like scores the game winning goal or some crap like that. You know, like it's going to be like that dagger of this R. Oh, sorry. Not only did he come from RSL, he was an RSL Academy player. So it just feels like the one thing stopping the MLS team from finally winning CCL is the MLS Academy kid that left MLS to go join league MX. So that's, that kind of terrifies me. I'm already having nightmares about that. And then the last thing I'll say about that, um, a couple of years ago when he was still with RSL, I was talking to a friend who doesn't follow MLS that closely. He's an Atlanta fan, but he's not as tuned into the league uh, like us psychos. But he was asking about Saucedo, whose first name is Sebastian, but his nickname is Bofo. And so I called him Bofo Saucedo. And my friend was like, is that his real name or is that a nickname? And I said, oh, no, his, his real name is Alfredo. He totally, he totally bought it. Totally bought that his name is Alfredo Saucedo. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun to to get over him. Then I made him look dumb. But but yeah, I, I'm I feel like we shouldn't be worried about Seattle, and I'm not really. But just like Drew was kind of saying, I mean, we're all traumatized. You know, like this is just totally normal for us. Um, You're listening to a podcast with two Atlanta fans and a Toronto fan. Exactly. Honest. Exactly. I, look, I think they've got a shot at it for sure. Uh, I would be very concerned, though, the fact that they lost to Miami, which we'll dive into later. But I, I would counteract that by saying the reason why they're dropping results like that is because they're so focused on CCL to the point where, honestly, as embarrassing as losing to Miami is, knock on wood, Atlanta plays in the Sunday. Uh, as embarrassing as that is, you know, you can tell, right, that they care more about CCL. It's like New York City, for example. They bounced out against Seattle. They came back and they smashed RSL 6 nothing. I feel like these teams are good enough to flip the switch. It's just, it's kind of clear at this point, like, where they're really putting their energy and focus. Seattle's lineup against Miami was pretty bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mind you, I think your USL team should be able to beat Miami, but, you know, whatever. 
Next point. We're going to continue talking about tournaments. MLS teams get into Open Cup starting Tuesday. Who cares? What do you mean who cares? This is uh, this is exciting because it's been two years. I mean Atlanta United think, defending champs, defending three-time champions. I was about to say it's I think CCL spot. tired of Atlanta United being the winners of Open Cup holding the trophy. Maybe um, my vision's a little blurred as a Canadian. Yeah, I mean, it's just like we don't care about the Canadian Championship or whatever it's called, right? Did I get it right? Yes, Canadian yeah. Championship. It's, it's either Montreal or Toronto. We know how it goes. Yeah, because Vancouver always loses to the CPL team. You're right. Don't, don't disrespect forwards like that. Best teams in the CPL. Did I disrespect them? No, I simply called them a CPL team. If you think that's disrespectful, you view CPL in the wrong way. Uh-huh. Telling on myself. There you go. Uh, but yeah, they open up open cup, open, open cup, um, on Tuesday. Is it even televised? Who's ESPN plus every game's on ESPN plus at the, you least. get to watch some of the independents. We would be watching the independents if we didn't get cups set by an amateur team, but we'll, we won't talk about that. Be good to see some of the independents opponents. I think union Omaha's in it. Uh, Ford Madison plays Minnesota. I think there's some other there's some other USL League One teams because League One went five and two against the championship, which is awesome. Championship scrubs, but yeah, you're gonna see some League One opponents. All right, um, we'll quickly move on from Josh extremely expo or not Josh Drew extremely exposing the team he works for, uh, losing to a couple or an amateur team. It was bad. Still love him though. <laughs> Yeah, it had to be bad. More positive news for something that Drew supports, though. Vancouver reportedly signing Paraguayan midfielder Andres Cubas uh, from Nimes in France. I think he's 25. Uh, I believe a defensive midfielder, I think. Yeah, Vancouver really need a player there. Yeah, they could use somebody there. I don't know much about him. I kind of recognize his name, which is a good thing, but... Yeah, that's about all I know. The only thing I know about him is Matt Doyle, like a couple months ago, said, hey, an MLS team should get this guy. And then here we are. So Vancouver apparently saw Matt Doyle's tweet and was like, you know what? Let's get our scouting department on that. You know, I would say that isn't, there's like zero chance that's true. I'd say there's more than a 50% chance that is in fact actually accurate because Vancouver suck and they're a tire fire. Final point, we're going to do, we'll touch on this sort of quickly because we've touched on it so many times in the past. Matias Almeida has finally forced his way out. Uh, he and San Jose have finally agreed to mutually part ways. Apparently, it was reported by Tommy Scoops. We don't know the situation in terms of coaching. Although, did you see the list of possible assistant coaches? Yes, and I, I think that's more a report, actually. So that seems to be oh, it's a pretty set in stone as far as interim staff goes while they look for a, a permanent coach. Wow. Well, one of the guys is Chris Wondolowski, which is amazing. Uh, I think there was another former player in there. I can't remember which one. I want to say Steve Ralston was the name? Potentially. Uh, but the big one was Chris Wondolowski because Chris Wondolowski back in MLS really makes a lot of sense, although he has no coaching experience. So we will see how that goes, but 
yeah, Machias Almeida finally, finally gets to flee the team that is the San Jose Earthquakes. No offense, Ivan, but look, it wasn't working out. You know that. Um, but yeah, he finally left. Finally. Any comments on Almeida and the Earthquakes' departure? Uh, I just want to just mention briefly how farcical the whole situation is. Um, the fact that San Jose was being cheap and didn't want to fire Almeida because they didn't want to pay him and his staff uh, the rest of the contract or the buyout for it or whatever. The fact that Almeida blatantly put his team in a position to fail just so he could get fired sooner, I guess. Uh, it's like the most embarrassing game of chicken I've ever seen. Like, and these got, are all... You can't forget the arguments with fans. Almeida? Oh, yeah. He got in, like, at least one, maybe... He almost got in another one on the weekend. Uh, Alder we K- talked about one of them, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, it was during a game. Like, during a game. He got in... I- think my love for Matias Almeida and his chaotic tactics have blinded me, have made me forget about that because I don't remember. I, I totally believe it though. Um, if there was one thing that man has and made his players have, it was passion. Cause I remember one Wando getting a red card from the bench. Uh, the one Matias Almeida coached game I saw in person when they came to Atlanta, but, but yeah, just the whole thing is, just so embarrassing. The earthquakes organization just being really cheap is, is frustrating. Um, I think the good news is though, that they have a pretty strong roster and Chris Leach, since he's taken over as the GM um, from the interim at the end of last year, he's made some good moves, some good intra MLS moves with uh, Jamira Montero and Jeremy Obobese being added to the team among a couple other moves. So hopefully whichever coach comes in, and takes over is able to get the best out of that roster because it doesn't really need to be an overhaul. It's just maybe they shouldn't man mark like psychopaths when clearly the league knows what you're going to do and it's just going to tear you apart. So. All right. Well, as if Drew has nothing to say, we will shift into our MLS games. Let's start with our first game of Montreal beating Vancouver two to one. Georgie Mihailovic and Romel Kyoto scored for Montreal, while Brian White scored one for Vancouver. Not going in depth on that one. San Jose, Nashville, tied 2-2. Hani Mukhtar and Jeremy Abobasi both scored braces, one of which being a very, very nice goal by, or very nice, terrible goaltending, but, you know, whatever. Abobasi scored a free kick. It was fine. Um, Houston, Portland, tied 0-0. Uh, Hadebe score, got a red card for Houston, so they played down a man for a significant portion of the match. Atlanta, Cincinnati, we're going to go a little dip in depth on this just because of a couple things. First of all, Brad Guzan ruptured his Achilles. He's having surgery this week. That's it for his career. Um, at his age, I can't see him coming back from this. I just, I can't see it. I agree with you. We just don't know for sure is all. No, it could be a very, very small rupture, but I think what he's 36, 38, 37, 37, right in the middle. I can't, I don't think it makes sense for him to come back at this point. Transition into a coaching role, be a goalie coach. Um, 
But yeah, that sucks. And Josh, you have a report. I I don't want to go as far as to call it a report just because I have not been able to confirm on my own, but I will call it rumor. I will say it's some things I'm hearing um, from reliable sources um, and also someone who has given me information in the past about a couple of Atlanta United things. So I will say there's definitely some merit to it, but you know, you watch, I was at the game. Uh, Gazan went down in front of the goal that I sit behind. So like happened right in front of us. It was terrible to watch. Um, honestly, it just made like Atlanta didn't play that well, even though they it basically felt like a loss, but it was really because of the Gazan injury. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him. We here at the pod are not huge fans of him, especially Connor. I think he thinks he's like, he thinks Gazan is the worst goalkeeper in the league, even though he's really not that bad. Uh, but not that good. Either way, horrible to see him go down. Even worse is the leadership void in the locker room. Um, but I found out after the match that, or I'm hearing that Joseph Martinez is contemplating retirement. Um, pretty close to it, it sounds like. We did not talk about it on a podcast episode because it happened during our break, but he got some more surgery done following their win over DC United now two weeks ago when that happened. Um, in which he had to get some debris cleaned out of his knee following that ACL tear and surgery and recovery that he's been dealing with for about two years now. He was uh, listed as out six to eight weeks by the club. Um, and Darren Eels, the club president, went as far as to say that Joseph would be back by May, or I can't remember if he said end of May or what, but Again, I'm hearing now that he might be retiring or that he's heavily contemplating it, which is not out of left field or anything by any means because he very openly spoke about his struggles with recovering from that ACL injury and how he contemplated walking away then. And so the fact that he's not himself and it's taken him this long, I think maybe he's starting to realize, just like some of us are starting to realize, that he will never get to the level he was before the injury. And if we all know anything about Joseph Martinez, it's that man is not going to do anything less than 100%. And if he can't play at 100%, I could definitely see a scenario where he walks away from everything. It would be heartbreaking. Uh, you know, I was talking to these two in Slack about it after I, I mentioned the news to them, but it is so sad. And I was really sad about it. Uh, to lose Gazan and then possibly Joseph is huge for the team just because they're the, they're the two holdovers from the MLS cup winning squad. Um, they're really kind of the last of the bunch. So it'd be really unfortunate if this is how he went out. He's, you know, he's been such a great player for MLS. So hopefully that's just all they are is rumors. And hopefully it's just Martinez contemplating things and not necessarily fully walking away. Hopefully this most recent surgery does the trick and really cleans things up and he can actually get back to full health. But Things are brutal in Atlanta right now. They they signed Ozzy Alonso for a leadership role towards ACL. They lose Gazan to the Achilles rupture, and he's been captain of the team ever since Michael Parker's retired. And then Joseph's also split captain duties with Gazan. And like I said, those two guys were around for the MLS Cup. So to be losing all three of these players is really bad. Um, and I personally, and Drew probably agrees, I can't really see anybody else stepping up Portland United, at least not that we know of. So interesting times in Atlanta for sure. And could get worse going forward. Yeah. And 
Uh, I think this offseason could be a very interesting one for Atlanta. You know, if Guzan, Martinez, and potentially Alonso are all done for their careers, that's a big turnover in terms of their leadership group. Potentially, you're looking at Miles Robinson moving on, uh, heading to Europe is always a possibility for him. So this could be an insane offseason where you completely see the club change directions or sort of move into a new phase, Um, which I was trying to paint the picture positively, uh, but these guys were not happy kids. They were were sad, (laughs) very, very sad. Uh, But let's go to our next game, NYRB, New York Red Bulls beating or drawing Dallas nil-nil. I don't have anything to say to that. It's a game that happened. Uh, Next game, though, I was at, and we're going to go in depth on it because I didn't realize this. Toronto beat Philly 2-1. to Alejandro Puzwell and Jesus Jimenez scored for Toronto FC. Julian Carranza scored for Philly. First loss of the season for the East-leading Philadelphia Union. But what I didn't realize, sorry, TFC haven't lost in a month. That's insane. Did either of you catch this game or was it during the Atlanta game? I did not catch it. Um, it was it was Saturday. Yeah. Um, it might have been during the Atlanta game. Yeah. Sorry? It might have been during the Atlanta game. I don't know. The independents were playing, so that's probably why I didn't catch it. <laughs> you were working. Okay. Josh, you clearly didn't catch it. Um yeah, I can only I can only parrot to you things I've heard about the game, <laughs> which is kind good. of most of what I do anyway. But fair enough. Um, but let me ask you this, Connor, since you were at the game, I do have one question for you. What I heard is that Toronto, like obviously they won and everything, which is huge because Philadelphia was the only undefeated team in the league heading into this game. Uh, but what I heard was that Toronto didn't necessarily dominate the game or anything. They just, you know capitalize on their chances of, you know, and winning is great, but like, what was your takeaway from it? You know, it's great that Toronto haven't lost in a month, but is this a sign of like major improvement or do you just think maybe they're a little more organized and they're getting results, you know, because of that, or what, what's kind of your take on the reason why Toronto haven't lost in a month, despite maybe not being a very dominant team yet. I think with this team, we've spoken endlessly about their defensive issues and, how much they struggle when they don't have the ball because they very, very struggle. Um, You know, Chris Mavinga only made his second appearance of the season on Saturday because he'd been sat by Bob Bradley. Um, And, you know, you look at this team and when they have the ball, they look really good, like really good. Um, I love the way they build. I think Osorio, who picked up a quad injury, I think, and there's a very real possibility he misses time, although I have no definitive information. It just didn't look good uh, from when he was subbed off. Pozuelo is looking more and more like his 2019 self, which is scary, especially with Insigne coming. Uh, Bono sucks, um, but you know we already knew that. Jane Nelson's looked pretty good. Uh, you know, their new signings, DeAndre Kerr, Kosey Thompson, both looked good. Schaffelberg is getting more comfortable in at left back. I thought Petrasso has been a good signing. Jesus Jimenez has been one of the best 
signings in MLS and nobody's talking about it. He has like four goals in his last seven games. He's playing really, really well. Uh, And his goal against Philadelphia was really nice too. So he's been playing really well as like a number nine, but I think everybody focuses on the defensive issues and they don't take the time to realize that Toronto are good offensively. And when they keep the ball and they're able to push up the field, they play well. And Philadelphia played terribly. Like they weren't very good, but they didn't really press Toronto, which allowed them to really not control the game, but sort of dictate the flow. And when they had to survive, they survived. And when they had to get lucky with VAR, they got lucky with VAR. So I don't think this is definitively the team that Toronto FC is. I think they're not this good. I think there are still holes there. But I think they're looking a lot better. And I think the addition of Insigne in two months, two and a half months, is going to make this team really scary. And the big thing that happened, Ayala Canola was available off the bench. It's the first time since he tore his ACL. So they're adding even more depth up top. And I think this is a team that can make a lot of noise. And this game showed it. People are starting to pay attention. And, you know, Bob Bradley's a great coach, and you're seeing that. They're playing really well. And I think his philosophy is really good, too. I was told by someone... Uh, a little while ago when they put out just one of the worst lineups I've ever seen. He basically has a philosophy going into games. Either they're going to try to win or they're going to try to develop. And every game is viewed differently. I think that game was more of a development game. When you look at the players he started, starting Chunk, he brought on... Thompson, Kosi Thompson. He brought on DeAndre Kerr. Uh, I think it was five or six academy kids played. So he's playing the youth, which they've needed because youth is good in TFC's academy. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. This could just be a one-off game, but they're legit. They're a playoff team, and anybody who said they weren't is insane. Uh, because they're damn good. But let's go to our next game, Orlando beating Columbus 2 to nothing. Uh, Schlegel and Kara scored for Orlando. Next game, New England beat Charlotte 2-1. to one. Matt Polster and Adam Buxa scored for New England, while Christian Ortiz scored a pretty nice goal for Charlotte. Next game we're going in depth on, kind of briefly. DC lost 3-2 to two to Austin. Ola Kamara scored a brace. Ola Kamara, it, he scored the brace in the first half. And then at the end of the first half, he got sent off for two yellows. First one, because he removed his shirt. There's a bit more story behind that, is what it is. Uh, you don't want your star number nine getting red carded, but whatever. The big worry is what happened next. And that is Austin scored three goals after the 80th minute to win the game. Uh, Hosen, Drewsi, and Gabrielson scored for Austin. Is this an indictment on DC, or is this more proof that Austin are actually not bad? 
I think, um, you know, we talked a little bit about Austin, I think a couple episodes ago and pretty much my whole take on Austin was, it seems that everyone was forgetting about the second year bump in MLS. Um, we've seen obviously Atlanta United winning MLS cup in its second year, LAFC, Nashville, and Austin just kind of felt like everyone forgot about them. Uh, they have also not lost in a month. Their last loss came March 12th at Portland, I think on the road at Portland, which obviously winning on the road is hard in this league at all. Then you put it in Providence park and that's one of the hardest results that you can ask for. Um, but I think when you ask if this is more about DC or Austin, I think I'm going to say it's more about DC because just as Austin hasn't lost in a month, uh, DC hasn't gotten any points in a month. Two no lost Chicago, two one lost to DC, one no lost to Atlanta, and now a three two lost to Austin. Their last win, a one nil win over Cincinnati, and then their first win came against Charlotte FC. That three nil win that really wasn't as much of a three, no win as it looks on the score sheet. So there hasn't really been a convincing. This is a good DC performance. Um, we thought maybe we would have seen it against Austin, but collapsed the end again, it was at home. So you have this team on the ropes, your star player gets a red car, which we talked about. There's kind of more to it than just we saw, but two nil, at half, Julian Gressel and assist. This kind of looked like the whole scheme of DC, like grabbing Gressel, this is Kamara, like everything as well. This is what we've been waiting to see. Um, and you collapse in 10 minutes at home to a second-year team, who I think is better than we give them credit for, but I think this is more about DC because they've fallen apart, and this was kind of their best shot to get anything out of this month. Um and they failed to do so. They have Open Cup tomorrow, Flower City Union. Don't know where that is, but their logo is awesome. Um, and the thing is, it doesn't get much easier from here. New England, Columbus, Houston, Miami. And on paper, it's like, well, it's Miami. Like, it's Houston. You know, New England isn't what New England is. Like, it, those are winnable games. But they've shown no reason to have any confidence in them because they haven't. I can't point to a DC United performance and said, yep, that's like, that's why I have faith in them. Even their wins were the Charlotte FC win wasn't, I think we talked about it. Like it wasn't as convincing as a scoreline looks in Cincinnati is Cincinnati. Like it's a one nil win over Cincy, like congrats. So I think this is more about DC just playing very bad as of late. Um, and this is just continuing really hard times because you haven't gotten any points in the past month. You're up two nil at home you can at least hang on for a point maybe, but three points should be expected at home up two goals and you blow it in 10 minutes. So personally, this tells me more about DC United just not being good right now, being in really poor form, but also some credit does go to Austin because they have kind of exceeded expectations. I think a lot of people just forgot that they were still really new last year and they're still some getting to know everything. But Austin have won two games in a row beat Minnesota, um, and then made this comeback against D.C. So Austin FC looking legit. Um, currently, they are second in the Western Conference behind LAFC. So, but this game specifically, I think it's easier to point to D.C. United just not being in good form right now. But credit Austin FC, I don't think they get talked a lot about enough, and they seem to have quietly climbed their way to second place in the Western Conference ahead of the Galaxy.
Josh? I don't want to, you know, do a cop out answer or anything, but I, I kind of feel the same way as Drew about it. I think it's pretty informative about both teams, um, how this like result turned out. Uh, one thing I wanted to share to highlight how bad DC has been this last couple of weeks. Um, they are the first team to concede a winning goal in the 90th minute or later in two straight matches. Cause it happened against Atlanta, their previous game. And then now Austin, they're the first team to do that since Montreal in July of 2014. So that's not good, obviously. Um, like Drew said, the fact that DC struggled to beat Cincinnati, uh, that they, you know, that lopsided scoreline against expansion team Charlotte and Charlotte's first ever game does not, you know, does not forebode any good things for DC United. And we're sort of seeing that get highlighted on the flip side. I still remain pretty unconvinced by Austin. I don't think they're really as good as it says they are in the standings. Like I don't think they're the second best team in the West. I think at this point we can pretty confidently say they're going to make the playoffs. I, I would be surprised if they didn't just based on how well they've played so far. But again, you know, the fact that it took them so long to break down DC and finish that game off. Now, first of all, props to them for doing so. Winning in that kind of fashion on the road is challenging in MLS. Um, and to do it from two goals down is impressive in and of itself. Uh, but again, I'm not, you know, not sold on them. Also, this happened in the last few weeks since we recorded, but designated player Cecilio Dominguez is suspended from Austin right now for off the field conduct. I haven't seen anywhere what that is. I believe, you know, I don't even want to speculate. Um, I can't remember the specifics of it, but the fact that he's been suspended indefinitely, that's not good at all. That's, that's, that's not good. We don't know what it's for or when he's going to come back. So, you know, I, I kind of want to, let me check Austin's schedule real quick coming up. Uh, because this might really determine how things go heading into the summer as we get pretty close. Um, let's see. They've got Vancouver on Saturday, Houston, LA Galaxy, RSL, LAFC. So pretty favorable schedule. They should be able to beat Vancouver at home. They can take on Houston on the road, um, RSL on the road. They should probably be able to get a result. So if they can continue to capitalize on these not as good teams that they've played, teams like uh, Cincinnati, Miami, D.C., then they will be in good shape to make the playoffs and hopefully they can get the situation sorted out with Dominguez and be good to go for that late season push. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling it for either of these teams. And I think all three of us picked DC to miss the playoffs this year. And I had them, I want to say second to last in the East. So, so far it kind of looks like all that's coming true. Currently last, I think in the whole league, definitely last in the Eastern conference. Um, As far as the shield goes, no, San Jose. Oh, the bottom three in the Shield are Western Conference teams. <laughs> DC bringing up the rear for the East, though. Well, there you go. DC suck, and Austin might be good. Who knows? We'll have to wait see later in the season. Uh, but Sebastian Drews, he's been a great player so far this season. Uh, next game, though, Minnesota beat Colorado. Uh, Debasi, Lode, and and Lottie scored for Minnesota. Diego Rubio, as always, scores for Colorado. No other comments to that. 
Next game, it's an interesting one we're going in depth on, but we're not going in depth because of the game, more so the two teams. Chicago against LA Galaxy, nil-nil. The interesting thing, though, is Chicago's only lost once this season. A 1-0 loss to Orlando with 10 men, by the way. They have two goals against total this season. That's it. Are we buying into the fire being good or are they just getting lucky in terms of opponents? Is the fact that they don't have that many wins worrisome? Where are we sitting on uh, Chicago? So my thing with Chicago you know, it's it's extremely impressive that they've only conceded two goals. Gaga Solanina um, coming into the season openly said, I want to break Tamilia's record, or uh, Tony Miola, I think it is, record of 16 clean sheets in an MLS season. And he's well on his way. He's got, what, five in seven games now. So he's he's getting there already. They're obviously great defensively, which is good for Chicago because that's been a huge problem for them the last few years. The issue for me is in the attack. They've only scored five goals, which other than the bottom. Nope. No, they're literally worse than the East in scoring goals. No team has scored few. Actually, they are worse in the league. Scratch that. They've scored the fewest amount of goals in the league. A so team that great, added Zerdan Shakiri, by the way. Yes. Now, to be fair, he's been out with injury. Uh, I think the last two weeks now in, in, in the third game prior he like went out in like the 26th minute or something like that so pretty early in that game um i actually think it was that loss against uh orlando that he went out injured but yeah they've lost him uh and you know they weren't scoring when he was with them granted i think you know maybe he's just got to continue to get adjusted with the team mls is not an easy league to adjust to by any means unless you're zlatan ibrahimovic um but yeah they're just what they're lacking in the attack has me not necessarily concerned because defense wins championships and they could probably push enough to make the playoffs with having such a solid defense. But yeah, they, they, they need something. Um, they do have Jairo Torres coming in from Liga MX. Can't remember which team. Oh, Atlas. Uh, he's supposed to arrive in May. I think the end of May. So maybe that'll be a good boost. And maybe by then Shakiri's back and they can sort of get some chemistry going. But even with those two guys, I don't remain, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't feel totally convinced by their attack. And so again, great defense, but I'm not sold on Chicago just yet. What do they need? Because they've got the good striker and Casper, Casper Shabilko. They've got Shakiri, although he is injured. Look, Shabilko's good. He's decent for an MLS striker, but he's no, you know, he's not a killer. He's not a Raul Ruiz Diaz. He's not a Chicharito. He's not a Joseph Martinez, a healthy Joseph Martinez. Um, he's kind of in that next tier where he can be inconsistent or else Chicago would not only have five goals this year. Right. Uh, so I, again, I, I don't know, maybe you need an elite number nine. Um, again, I'm just going to parrot some things I've heard, but apparently they need a field stretching winger. And Torres is not going to be that guy. So it'll be interesting to see what Chicago does in order to fill that void. A name that pops off um, off the top of my head is Jonathan Lewis. 
I don't know if Colorado would let him go necessarily, but he off the top of my head seems like a good fit for Chicago in terms of that verticality that they need. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Chicago play and with all these, you know, with all these lack of goals, I'm not inclined to watch Chicago. Um, <laughs> but that's what I'm hearing that they need. Who's Chicago's backup striker? It's a very good question. Very, very good question. Uh, just from looking at their players here, maybe Fabian Herbers, uh, Jean Duran, who is still extremely young. Remember, this is his first year, so he's probably getting adjusted. Those are the only names I see that uh, jump out at me as far as strikers go. So I don't, I don't really know about that. Now, a team that does have a really good striker, LA Galaxy, Chicharito, he's on fire. I don't know if he's still tied for the Golden Boot lead, but he was coming into this weekend. Uh, Drew, what's your take on the Galaxy? Obviously, nil-nil result here. Now, worth mentioning the previous week, they beat LAFC and El Trafico 2-1. to one. So how are you feeling about the Galaxy? Are you buying the Galaxy who are doing pretty well in the standings because they sit third place right now? Need to interject quickly. Earthquakes with TSL Almeida, now official. There it is. So, yeah. From what lasted? It was. I, I, it was very fun. a soft spot in my heart from Matias Almeida and the chaotic quakes. That was three years. Yeah. Yeah. Plus years. Wow. <laughs> wow. Man. Drew, what are your thoughts on the Galaxy? <laughs> yeah, the Galaxy. Um, I think, you know, the nil-nil result, obviously, uh, I think it was – in Chicago, yeah, at Soldier Field, which the fire like had a really good attendance turnout, which was very encouraging. Um, so yeah, 30, no, no, that's huge, that's crazy. Um, what's awesome about the Galaxy talking about no one cares with the Open Cup, they play the San Diego Loyal tomorrow. Landon Donovan's team cannot freaking wait, uh, cup set radar on watch, but yeah, the Galaxy, I'm not too. Concerned about them. 2-1 win at El Trafico. Then before that, they went on the road and beat Portland 3-1. to one, uh, Beat Charlotte FC in their inaugural home match. Um, and then a couple tough results, losing to Seattle and Orlando. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm buying both these teams. Honestly, I think Chicago, I'll start with the Galaxy first. You asked me about the Galaxy. Um, yeah, they definitely obviously have players to kind of be that spark that whenever you need a special moment, Chicharito is there to give it to you. Um, and they've been off to a good start. I think the concern with the galaxy, right. Is that, is this just the same thing as last season? Because we had the same deal last year. Chicharito scored early. They got a couple wins in a row to start the season. And everyone was, Oh, the Chicharito is back tour. Here we go. This is a guy we've all wanted to see. And now we're kind of seeing the same thing again. And it's, can this be sustainable? Can this last? And personally, I mean, I look at the Western Conference and I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say it's weaker than the East. Like we said, the bottom three teams in the league are all Western Conference teams. Um, and you look at the table right now, Austin FC, we talked about them. Jury's still out. LAFC is obviously a good team. Um, I think RSL, I've made my feelings about RSL very clear. I think they'll start to fall from the table. Nashville, I think when they get that new stadium in a couple of weeks, you're going to see them rise. But besides that, none of these other teams in the Western Conference, Seattle, I think when the CCL fever ends, 
Um, you'll see them obviously make a jump up the table, but I can't see very many teams that are better than the galaxy. I think you could say, honestly, they might finish ahead of Seattle just because this early season CCL hangover might hold them on points and there's only so far they can jump. Um, but I'm buying the galaxy. I think they have those star players to kind of make the difference when you need it to. And whether or not they make a run in the playoffs, I think the concern with them right last year was the defense. This year seems to be a little bit better, um, holding LAFC to one goal, Portland to one goal. And Seattle was kind of the yeah, 11 three goals, but Seattle, so not hanging too much on that. So I think, I think they're a solid playoff team. I don't see them foreseeing winning the cup anytime soon. Um, but I'm buying the Galaxy. I think this is just a tough result on the road against a really good defensive team. And the fact that you've got a point at all is pretty impressive. And the fire, not to get too in-depth on them, but the defense has been really good. Shakiri, I think, is one of those players, once he gets going and gets accumulated to MLS, um, he's one of those guys where it just makes a special moment. And you win 1-0, and that's all you need. So I'm buying both these teams, the Galaxy, I think you can honestly look at this result and be happy about it. You're going against the best defensive team in the league. And yeah, on the road, getting a point out of it is good. Um, so I'm buying both these teams. I think this is an encouraging result for both of them. Chicago, more so the fact that you did not allow a single shot on goal. Maybe even you did not allow a single shot. Yeah, no shots on goal, just seven shots, five off target. So I think both teams can kind of look at this result and smile and positive things to take away from it. And I think both these teams are going to make the playoffs and good things for Chicago because they've been irrelevant for a while now. So to see them succeeding in that new in soldier field is pretty awesome to see for the league. Um, yeah. So good things for Chicago, having a homegrown player tear it up is awesome because we know Chicago has a ton of soccer talent and to see a homegrown player tear it up in MLS is super encouraging because I don't really can't think of a, yeah. So that's just encouraging for Chicago for sure. All right, and we'll move on to our last three games. Um, Inter-Miami beat Seattle 1-0. Uh, two wins in a row for Miami, interestingly. They beat New England Revolution 3-2 last weekend. Um, two pretty decent opponents. I think they're both pretty good, even though New England, yes, is suffering injury issues. But it's pretty good for a team who... Did Higuain even play? He's been benched the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, I saw the picture the of him where... like on ESPN when they were playing New England. He was just like sadly watching them win. <laughs> yeah. Watching it... his replacement score a hat trick. Yeah. Literally. It's, yeah, maybe time to move on from Gonzalo. Um, but the what? part that bothers me about that is he has, hasn't even been playing poorly or anything. Like he has been trying. I, will, I have to give him credit for trying. He's just surrounded by a bunch of incompetence. Granted, it kind of seems like he's not helping anything either, I guess. Maybe he's just a poor fit. I don't know. Uh, weird. Just in our Miami are just a weird team, period. Uh, honestly. But they like, get Miami FC in the Open Cup tomorrow. Miami yeah. Vice Crime. That could be the magic of the open know. cup. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well, they're doing well. So are NYCFC, who beat RSL 2-0. RSL are winless since Drew made his fraud comment. 
Um, and it was six nothing, by the way. I think you said two by accident. Did I say two? Six yeah. nothing. <laughs> Give RSL the put them in the mud like they deserve it. Frauds. Well, it would have been two nothing if Tati Castellanos didn't exist because Tiago <laughs> scored two and then Castellanos added four. Good save, so, Connor. Yeah, I know. It's great saves. That's all I do is save myself from saying stupid things. Um, but yeah, RSL are in the mud. They suck. Almost like last playoffs was just pure unadulterated luck, and this team isn't very good. How are you guys going to discount the human spirit like that? How are you going to disrespect Pablo Mastroeni and his brilliant, genius footballing tactics? Human spirit and playing at like a million feet in the air. That's what RSL has for me. And starting <laughs> off the season against CCL teams and playing them at the riot. And getting lucky against Nashville. Yeah, they're not very good. Uh, last game, LAFC beat SKC 3-1. to Ishmael Tajuri Shradi, Christian Aranjo, and Jose Cifuentes scored for LAFC. Uh, they also scored a own goal. So technically, they scored four. Uh, Diego Palacios scored the own goal. Um, but LAFC doing well under Steve Terundolo. I think it's Steve, right? Yes. Yes, I thought so. Uh, doing well under Steve Trundle. It's been a good uh, hire so far. We'll see if they can continue that. Still, the Carlos Vela situation is very confusing, and we have no idea what's going to happen with that. But, yeah, that's our games. Let's do players of the week, goals of the week, and games to watch. And I'm going first for players of the week because Josh stole mine. Um, so I'm going with Tati Castellanos because he scored four goals. Drew, your vote doesn't matter because you don't have one. Who is your player of the week? That sounds so bad. But yes, I went with Hani Money making Mukhtar. Uh, two goals against San Jose. Nashville's hot. They're getting points on the road, and that new stadium opens up in two weeks. So they are going to be killer at home. That stadium looks awesome. Everything is going well in Nashville. So I got with Hani, two goals. All right, Josh, your vote does matter, but you got into the dock after me. Um, so. I'm still claiming that I got him first, but who is your player of the week? Just like everyone else who had a vote picked Tati Castellanos for his ham bone, which is apparently what it's called when you score four times. Um, and then my backup pick, my second pick was Emmanuel Reynoso uh, from Minnesota. He had two assists in their three, one win over Colorado. All right, let's do goals of the week. And we're going to continue with Josh as I stumble over my words again, what is your goal of the week? My goal of the week, uh, you referenced it uh, slightly earlier. That was uh, Christian Ortiz's goal for Charlotte against New England. Um, probably the result of some sketchy goalkeeping, but pretty good distance and popped it right over. So it was a very fun goal to watch and uh, very impressive. All right. Drew, I don't agree with this because I think the positioning was just abhorrent. But what is your goal of the week? My goal of the week was Drew Shradi's goal against Sporting Kansas City. Yes, Tim Melia was very poorly off. I guess it's not even off of his line. It was just bad positioning. Um, but it was a good pass. And Drew Shradi brilliantly, as the ball is coming through the air, 
He's seeing the ball bounce. He says, hey, the goalie's not where he's supposed to be. And he takes advantage of it one time, bang, in the back of the net. So I thought it was really impressive. Um, and made MLS goal of the week nominees, which is all you really need to impress me, I think. So I went with that goal. Um, good pass, good ability to recognize the goalkeeper made a mistake and he took advantage of it perfectly. So I went with DeJury Shradi's goal. I think it was the second LAFC goal in that 3-1 win. I don't know, but it was a good goal. Connor, what was your goal of the week this week? My goal of the week, uh, and none of these goals were very good, but uh, I got to give my Toronto guy some love. Alejandro Pozuelo's really slick dribbling uh, and then nice finesse sort of finish uh, for Toronto FC. Game-winning goal, too. So, yeah, that was my goal of the week. Games to watch. Only because he is always delinquent with putting these in. Josh, you're leading us off. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with uh, Minnesota United hosting Chicago Fire this Saturday at 5 p.m. Um, I'm bummed out that I won't be able to watch really any of the games, I think. I'll try my best to follow along while I'm up in Ohio. But, um, yeah, I'm just really intrigued by this. Minnesota are coming off a really, really strong win against Colorado. Most importantly, Reynoso is looking like himself. He's kind of had a rough start to the season. So we're going to find out if it was just a, a game where he was – back to normal or if this is a sign of things to come and then Chicago, you know, we talked about them pretty in depth earlier, but you know, how legitimate are they? Is their defense going to hold up? Uh, Can they start scoring goals to, you know, help out that awesome defense? Um, So that's why I'm going with uh, Minnesota and Chicago. All right, Drew, we'll go based on when our game times are. What's your game to watch? My game to watch, I put this down before we officially knew Alameda was gone, but I put San Jose versus Seattle because San Jose is always a crapshoot to watch. And this is Seattle's MLS game before the CCL final. So I'm interested to see how they play it is in San Jose. So interested to see how Seattle plays it. Um, Obviously that CCL away leg in Mexico is huge. Maybe getting some goals there to set themselves up well at home in Seattle. So I'm excited to see how Seattle plays that. I'm really excited now to see how San Jose is dealing with the new manager, interim manager, things like that, especially considering San Jose plays tomorrow in the Open Cup against Bay Cities. So really interesting time for San Jose, new manager balancing that Open Cup game in Seattle while Seattle has to balance San Jose and CCL final. Um I guess Seattle gets a little later start in the Open Cup. I looked at their schedule. I did not see an Open Cup game. So both teams have a lot to balance. And San Jose, we always see that new manager bump. Maybe that will happen against Seattle because I assume they're not going to be playing their best players to get ready for CCL. So I'm really excited to see how both teams handle that game. Connor, I like your game to watch. It's super late, which is awesome and awful. But what is your game to watch this week? My game to watch is LA Galaxy versus Nashville. I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. Two very good teams in the West, one new to the West in Nashville. Um, Sunday at 10 or Saturday, sorry, 10.30 p.m. So it is the definition of MLS after dark. Uh, It's going to be a late one, but I think it could be a really entertaining game against two very good teams. And, you know, Chicharito against Walker Zimmerman. 
it's going to be an entertaining matchup. Uh, but now what we have to do, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Nashville's last game before they get to go home. Interesting. There you go. So they finally get to go home after this. Wow. Uh, let me just pull this up because we have to do Josh's favorite segment. We can never forget it. He just shakes his head. No comment. Um, I had a bad week this week. I mean, a really bad week this week. Uh, I think I had I 23rd out of 24 teams in terms of scoring. I was terrible. Uh, but so actually, Josh, you beat me in terms of points this week. That's right. And Drew obviously beat me in terms of points. Drew. All right. So Josh, you are, you had a really good, you put up 65 points, which is pretty decent. Still behind your brother, but respectable. Drew, you put up a nice number of points this week. Uh, 69. Which yeah. Hilarious. Nice. 438 right between Rosen and Wicker. Uh, but I had a terrible week. I only put up 38 points. It was terrible. 474 points. I am sitting between um, Spalding, Nanu, Nanu FC, and Party with Charlotte FC, Wicker. Um, so hopefully going to rebound this week. But our top five, because I like the fifth place team's name. First, Moron FC with Snee. Snee. I say this every time. I'm sorry. Please tweet at me or message me how to pronounce that properly. Uh, second, USMNTSC. Again, Prisipiorka. Zabiorka. Prisipiorka. Apollo. I'm not good with this stuff. Uh, Real ABC or Real ABC with Verdeja is sitting in third. Avenue BFC with Ketchum sitting in fourth and two choose in a row. Nelson sitting in fifth. It's really tight between fifth and first. Uh, there is what a 13 point difference. That's it. So it's tight up top. Got a good fight there. And, you know, hopefully you two improve because I can't be the only person in the top half. I'm only like, I, I think you're 11th. I'm 13th. Something like that. Yeah. One more spot and you become top half. One more. I'm like two points behind. I think 12. Or yeah. Something like you're that. Two points back of 12. Let's go. And then unfortunately, what? 480 to uh, 42 points back of 11th. Uh, who's that? Just behind me, I think. Or just ahead of me. Sorry. Oh, no. Wait. I confused myself. You are 41 points back of me. So oh, the gap is big. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's This weekend should be fun, but uh, it is currently half snow, half raining in Toronto right now as I look out my window. So, yay, I'm going to edit this podcast, upload it for all of you wonderful people, wonderful listeners who have definitely subscribed to the podcast because if you haven't, we're very disappointed. But Drew, I'll let you do your full spiel because you get everything we need to include. Um, so take us out. 
Yes. Thank you all wonderful listeners for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. We really do appreciate it as we ramble about major league soccer and everything else. Um, Like Connor said, be sure to subscribe. We always love seeing subscriptions and just people consistently listening. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. It is a quick and easy button that does not cost anything to push. So we really appreciate that. Uh, be sure to visit the website, mlsmultiplex.com to check out a lot of awesome written content from our writers as stuff gets happening. I'm sure we will have a wonderful article written by our friend Ivan about Matias Almeida and San Jose. Um, he's got earthquakes coverage on lock for us. So be sure to check him out, check out the whole website. Um, be sure to check out the website on Twitter at MLS Multiplex. You can find us on Twitter, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, Connor at CWG Somerville, and Josh at Josh underscore Boland. So be sure to check us out on social media, subscribe to the podcast, check out the website. We've got it all covered for you in this crazy world of Major League Soccer. And especially, especially be sure to tune in next week because another crazy week of Open Cup games, MLS action, and we will be getting ready for CCL or recapping leg one of CCL final. Maybe this is your MLS does it. Be sure to tune into that. And I think that's all we got. So thanks again, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.